if you think you're not afraid of the dark. If you think you have a strong stomach. If you feel nothing can shock you. If you believe you've seen everything. If you say you don't scare easily, what are they? y'all i'm back mike rips <coughs> oh the ranchless transmitting from the loft in brooklyn as usual i would say always but it you know sometimes i'm in weird places and i do weird things like i did last week but how y'all been uh skipped last week but i did a few other things and uh, the fucking world is out of control there's a lot to get to and a lot to talk about but i gotta do it in order i think that's the best way to go about it How's everybody doing? Do you feel good out there? Let's all be positive if, you, if you're capable of that. Whatever level you're at, please tell me. Are you capable of being positive? That's the most important thing in life. So last Thursday, you know, I usually record this thing every Thursday night, Thursday evening. But uh, last Thursday, I was already on the road heading towards uh, Boston for Boston Comic Con, which I'll get to as well. But uh, that night, Thursday, I got up with my boy, uh, Sergeant Bo, shout out, at his new house, which is great, and um, my boy Adam, old friend Rachel, uh, we were all chilling at the house, having dinner, bullshitting, but I had to do something that evening, so luckily Bo let me use his um, office that night. I got to be with these cats, Jock and Nerd Podcast, I, I guess I filled in technically for the cat, Anthony and uh, it was a good time. Peace to Imran. Peace to Rugboy. We had a nice conversation. Geeked out, certainly. Talked about, I don't even know, the Toho movies, the Kaiju and all that shit. We talked about Mark Mil- Millar. Miller. I still don't fucking know how to pronounce his last name. Guy who made Kick-Ass and uh, Secret Service. I know I was fucking up a lot of things on there. I was calling it Kill All Monsters, Not Destroy All Monsters, and Secret Society, Not Secret Service. It was a little, I was a little flustered because we had uh, slight technical difficulties on my end. And I uh, was in, uh, we had to do it a different way, and I wasn't in my office focused. I was in the fucking, I was in the closet. I should be seriously comfortable with that by this point, but you know. What are you going to do? It was a good time, so check it out. I think it's the last episode they have posted on iTunes, Jock and Nerd Podcast. It's simply in iTunes if you have the podcast app on your phone. It just comes with the iPhone these days. You can just look up Jock and Nerd, and on the last episode, I was bullshitting with these cats going crazy. And I'm going to build with them in the future on a couple things. We'll see what happens with that. So, the next morning, Friday, Rich and I began our journey. I met up with him. Fucking, this guy lost 20 pounds. He's chilling. He's sober. He's wilding. So, uh, we got there. 
on Friday at Boston Comic Con, which this was a logistically, this was a cool thing that most of these guys that do the Friday day for the Comic Con don't get this. Like, often we'll go to one that has the Friday day. A lot of these things are just Saturday and Sunday, but uh, some of them have Friday, and a lot of times they'll do it just the same hours as, like, uh, uh, Saturday and Sunday, or, like, even longer. Like, it's just stupid. Like, these guys actually had enough sense to start it. On the thing, it said four to nine, but then we didn't realize till literally we were walking in at like one fifty. The thing was like to VIP starting at two, so we were like, "Oh shit!" But you know, we were tight. We set up our booth, the table, and the artist alley. That's where we dwell. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to all the artist alley cats that know the struggle of that whole thing. It's always an interesting experience. I've had a few now, and it's it's a good time always. You can't hate. So we got in there, we were chilling, a couple of things happened throughout the weekend, we met our neighbor Ted, who was uh, interesting, he was a cat who, he was cool, he uh, had a movie and a comic book, he had actual feature film that I wanted to actually watch this week and talk on the podcast, I didn't get a chance, so I'll probably do that next week, if not in the very near future, he hit me with the movie, we hit him with Highwayman, and then he had a comic book as well, titled The Palma, check that out if anybody's interested out there, you know what I'm saying? But it was a good time. Probably the biggest event of the weekend. I'll get to it. Uh, Stan Lee. I don't know if I mentioned. I probably didn't because I didn't find out till later. Stan Lee was at this thing. And it was his last East Coast appearance because Stan's getting up there. Rest in peace to his wife, Joni Lee. Or Lieber is his real last name. So I'm not sure. As I sip on that, Paps. Uh, rest in peace with his wife, Joni, who uh, left us recently. So I don't know. Usually when that happens, I don't know. Uh, this has been... I always say this. I think I've mentioned this on here before. When I first got into the writing script shit, uh, fucking my two main influences, it's kind of changed now, but the first two cats that inspired me to want to try and look at their scripts or find research their shit as hard as they did it was Quentin Tarantino and Stan Lee. Now, I know out there in the comic world, there's massive controversy about Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and who created the shit, who wrote it. Stan came up with the idea, then Jack drew the whole comic book, and then Stan just put the words in. I mean, as you know, Alan Moore, if you've seen any of the shit he says online, it's, you know, pretty crazy, but I... I don't fucking know. I, I don't know. Maybe I, it's like Santa Claus or something. I just want to still think that Stan wrote all that shit. I, I don't want to get into the, the things of that. That's so heavy and so complicated, and we can go on and on and on and debate it for days, and I'd like to. For anyone listening that wants to talk about that, you know. So, Rich, I've met Stan before a few years ago at a bus, I'm sorry, Baltimore Comic-Con with my Uncle Matt, but I was working it. I didn't have Highwayman out at that time. I was just working the Comic-Con and learning. And Stan was a guest that time in Baltimore. And we ate, like, a huge dinner with him at, like, some awards, at the Harvey Awards, I think it was, but not the night before. It was some other thing. And we were sitting right next to this guy at a different table, but, like, right next to Stan, and I met him. He's a very nice man. Uh, but Rich got to meet him this time, and Rich had two comics that he picked up. One was the first time Spider-Man collided with the X-Men, and then another one was uh, Doc Ock versus Spider-Man. It was kind of deep in Spider-Man. They were 12 cents, which it started at 10 cents, so I'd probably say they were, like, from 67, maybe? God, that's, like, what is that? That's, like, 50 years ago? I don't even, yeah, 50, I think. I don't even fucking know. Yeah, 50 years ago. So, man, it's crazy out there. 
or is that 60 years ago? I don't even know. My math, I, you know, I'm just not there with the math. But yeah, so Rich met Stan Lee. He got the X-Men. You heard that horn go off? Probably not because I'm so fucking loud and annoying. Uh, so he got that uh, comic signed by Stan Lee, the uh, Spider-Man, X-Men crossover, the first one. And the cool thing was is that Rich gave Stan a copy of Highwayman. And Stan was like, I'll read it later, young man. Thank you, true believer. So, I mean, the fa- I mean, my life has come full circle at this point, the fact that Stan has the uh, Highwayman. I mean, God only knows if we read, read it, you know. I, we've given it to a lot of people, and I don't know if they've read it or not. Uh, this weekend, we sold a lot of comic books on that note, more than we have in the past. I just want to get to a point where every con I go to, I sell at least 100. If I did that, that would cover the table plus. We didn't get to 100 this weekend, but we came relatively close. And... um you know, just grind and sell it. The cool thing was some people actually felt it and came back and said, what up, blah, blah, blah. Anybody that's listening to the podcast that I met at the Comic-Con, I was pushing this shit dumb hard, too. Shout out to you. Um, some cats read it. They picked it up Friday or Saturday and came back, and they were like, oh, they enjoyed it. And one dude brought up that it reminded him of 12 Monkeys. And I'm like, subconsciously, yeah, that's dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm definitely a big 12 Monkeys and Terry Gilliam fan in general, uh, Time Bandits. I've never watched Brazil, but I'm so intrigued by it. Terry Gilliam's the shit. So, uh, there were some other guests there. They had John Romita Jr. there. I saw that, that guy there, totally repping Queens with the little, the fucking Guido style, completely the puffed out hair and the little fucking, uh, weird earring rings, all that shit. Peace to John Romita Jr. He's one of, I love his shit. There, some people don't like his shit. His dad was good too, but he was dope. Uh, but the funniest shit was uh, that Rob Liefeld was a few tables away from him, and I actually ended up just, like, farting in Rob Liefeld's face bad. And I'll tell you the story of that. This is how it goes at these Comic-Cons, because, like, we're at the table and we're eating bad. We, we ate better this weekend than we usually do, but we're normally eating bad. And fucking just, like, this weekend, like, all right, I, I don't want to just start fucking letting them off at the table, because then people are going to buy the comic less than they already do. They're going to go over and smell that, and they're going to be like, oh, wow, these are the dudes that smell like shit. Jesus Christ. So, fucking... Uh, I got up, and this is how I usually play it. I usually just go through the Comic-Con, you know, crop dusting through the artist alley. They kind of deserve it anyway. They all smell like shit to begin with. I'm totally joking, guys. Don't hold me to that. So then I'm going, and actually all those artists like Busema Jr., Jay Lee, fucking Rob Lightfield were all somewhat close to us, and they were in, like, a different area, so I'm walking through there looking at everybody, and then I got something crazy brewing, and I'm like, shit, I'm about to let this one off. And then out of nowhere, I see Lightfield. So it's so weird. If you remember him from those fucking old Levi's commercials where he drew Magneto, and he was talking about, the, I think it was Levi Buttonfly, maybe, from, like, 91 or 92 when Image first split off. I think they were all in there. And fucking... He was there like, he looks like that, but I think he's had work to his face because this shit was like that, but fucking moved backwards. Like, he's in a permanent time warp traveling. And he probably is, but I saw him and he was sitting down basically, so I was like, alright, perfect. So, like, he's sitting down signing comics talking to people and, like, basically I had the opportunity, there was a line, but it was going the opposite direction. And I had the opportunity to just sneak by. His, his face was maybe ten feet from my ass and I just let one off. Stunk right in this motherfucker's face. And I was like, yo, dude, that was for that Captain America chest that you drew. And if you haven't seen that, just Google fucking Google image, Rob Liefeld, Captain America chest. And then look at the ones where they made the meme of Chris Evans with that weird shit. 
But uh, shout out to my cousin Johnny. We stayed at his house this weekend. Uh, it was pretty good. We were staying right next to Fenway Park, walk like a, two blocks away or even a block away. We were just chilling and wilding. In fact, at one place we went, we went to Yard House a lot, which is this like, it's a chain. It's a smaller chain though, but I used to go in Yonkers a lot. We went to this one in Boston and I showed them, they were carting people at the door the first night we went and I showed them a New York ID and they started shitting on me because that was the night the Yankees actually beat the Red Sox in that series. So they were like tight and shit. But, um... It was cool. We kept it pretty fucking sober, honestly, which I was happy about. We were going to while out and go to the strip club, and then I was like, Rich is a little more sober, and I was happy. I, I only drank one pint of Maker's Mark throughout the whole three days. Which usually, sometimes I drink fucking one each day. You know what I'm saying? Which, pfft, that's ridiculous. I think my, my, I've been drinking so much less lately. Again, my tolerance is so fucking down. But we kept it pretty tight. And uh, we had, again, Ted, the filmmaker, next to us. Film. Speaking of filmmaker, that was something I wanted to bring up. The other day, I was driving down uh, the fucking LIE, coming off Grand Central, and I saw a fucking Audi driving, and I saw the worst fucking vanity plate I might have ever seen in my life. I was like, oh my god. So, the fucking vanity plate said filmmaker, but it was somehow like maybe F-L-M-M-K-E-R-M-K-E-R. I don't know. I don't give a fuck. Well, I guess I give a fuck because I'm talking you guys about it, but you know, that's my insecurity. So this motherfucker had filmmaker written. So of course I'm an even bigger fucking skunt. So I'm like, yo, all right, I got to see if this is some somebody. All right. So I pull up next to motherfucker and it's just some nobody talking on his Bluetooth. Like he's the shit. It's a fucking, it's like, again, in my mind, it raced through there. Like who the fuck would like do that again? Someone who's actually a filmmaker would never want anybody to know. So they wouldn't fucking put filmmaker as their fucking vanity plate which vanity plates in general we get to that shit where that's a little questionable some are funny some are cool like my goal if I ever get a vanity plate is to like hit my like early 50s and be fucking you know somewhat successful and wealthy grab like a fucking Lambo or a Porsche or some shit like that and just get douchebag as the fucking vanity plate (laughs) you know what I'm saying and it would be fucking uh, awesome if you guys could have seen what just happened I almost just fell out of the chair you might have been able to hear it which that would have been fucking great comedy on audio we're bringing it back to like the fucking uh, audio storytelling shit from like back in the day Sorry, I just had to hit that maker's gun. So, the fucking elephant in the room, or the fucking white tiger, and I don't even give him that, the fucking little white mouse rat motherfucker in the room. Then obviously we have to get to a Charlottesville, which was just, it's getting scary out there. I've been commenting on this shit a little bit slightly, but I didn't know there was this fucking, I I was naive to this. Maybe it's because I'm fucking like, um, like, a, uh, you know, living in New York and Connecticut back and forth and shit, and, like, it's very progressive where I live, and it, I've always grew up around that. My dad's a conservative, but he's, like, a weird New York, like, all that. They don't really give a shit about the social shit. They care about money and taxes, like, which... Okay, we could talk about the UK. Technically, that's more of, like, what they would call the Liberal Democrat Party in UK. It's different. There's, like, four parties. There's, like, Labour, Tories is, like, what would be the... Then there's the UKIP is the far, far right, like, racist motherfuckers. But let me not get completely off track. Charlottesville last weekend, it was brutal. It was terrible. It was embarrassing for the country. Some other things are more embarrassing. But, you know, 
like then I'll get to that. But uh, like it was just insane. I, I it's like Reds versus blue shirts at this point. Germany, nineteen thirties. Like I don't even know what the fuck is going on anymore. And if anybody caught Vice News tonight on Monday, where it was a straight twenty, they, you know, if you watch Vice News tonight, watch it every day. Uh, like I truly recommend anyone who's interested in world affairs watching it. If you don't say it's slanted to the left and biased, you're being dishonest. But the programming is much more honest than the other left-wing shits like MSNBC and CNN and all that bullshit. But that Vice special, I gotta be honest, scared the shit out of me. And they made it to be scary, let's be honest. But wow, some of those motherfuckers, it's shocking and it's it's really disturbing. I truly recommend watching it if anybody out there has HBO Go. I really don't want to give away and start saying, I don't want to give any attention to these motherfuckers. Like, it's just so bizarre. Like, I remember, again, like, you know, worshipping punk rock culture when I was young. I knew about neo-Nazis and skinheads. Again, it was more of like a UK thing, though. Like, they had them here. And it was, but all the, you know, the United States motherfuckers were, like, beating the shit out of them always. They were always pussies. Like, we were, like... The real punk rockers are always fucking these dudes up. From what I could tell, I always thought at least. And then these dudes are like ridiculous and crazy. And I feel like they always do too... They, they like research shit and then they take it personally. Because for example, on that Vice special, all those dudes are some weird... They're from weird suburbs and they live in... I don't mean to say all suburbs are weird. I grew up in the fucking suburbs. I love the suburbs. It's clean air. It's beautiful there. It's fun. But there is some weird shit bubbling under it sometimes. I'm not going to go full-blown uh, get out. But, you know... Anyway. Like... They're like they they were saying they hate Jewish people, they hate black people, they hate uh Mexicans, immigrants, whatever. But like they live in these places where nobody like that lives. So I'm so flabbergasted by that thought. I don't even understand where you go from a point where that's what's cool or dope to you. Like obviously these dudes have never had pussy. I'm sure of that. I mean, or there's one weird bitch that's like Feruza Balk in fucking American History X. She's getting gangbanged by the lot of them. You know what I'm saying? I have it pulled up here. There's an aftermath. I mean, it's just rough out there. It's looking crazy. And I mean, again, there is a left side. I don't... I mean, that brings me to this fucking idiot speech. Is like, again, I'm a very moderate motherfucker. I'm not going to say the sky is falling over all the shit and Trump and everything like that. I don't like him. I didn't vote for him. I've never voted to the right. Unless you consider libertarian, like, this far-right shit, I don't, because I voted for Gary Johnson, who's borderline, he's left-leaning uh, libertarian, which is what I consider myself, but we could go into that all day. Okay, the speech Saturday, awful, embarrassing, and stupid. The speech uh, Monday, I guess it was, was forced and ridiculous. Speech Tuesday... That was very bad. In my opinion, I'm sorry if I'm pissing anybody off. I'm just going to be honest with you. I hated it. It was like he wouldn't denounce these guys. He wouldn't condemn them. I don't understand. Like, like I mean, even dudes like that would consider himself far to, far to the right, like uh, Reagan or a fucking, uh, I don't even, W is different. Like, it's not the same, but like Reagan or all these guys, they condemn it. Like, they don't, you should just say no, 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 no. But I guess Trump is into some other weird populism nationalism. Shit. Those other guys are constitutional conservatives, which sometimes there's certain tiny things I can see eye to eye with some of them. But like the social conservative shit, I can't get with. 
I'm going off. Fuck. I'm trying to like keep track. Damn, this might be a longer one, guys. But I hated this guy's speech on Tuesday. It was just insane that he was just trying. There were some good people on both sides. There was no, I don't know, like maybe, I don't know. Again, let's go to the monument shit. We, I, I, I don't want to just kill you guys with this shit. I could go off. Let's talk about it if I run into any of But now they're removing the monuments. And again, I think they should. I think they should be all brought to like a museum so we don't forget about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, because think about in Germany, Auschwitz still exists and all that kind of shit. So, you know, I think they should still exist, but I don't think it should be public property that has to be cleaned with public money. Think about that. Someone who's very far to the left, white, black, uh, left, right, or center, whether you agree with it, you know, you have to pay for that. And I'm against a lot of that kind of shit. So, fuck that. Like, I think that not destroy them, like, but remove them and then put them in a museum so we could say, okay, this happened at that point. There's a lot of crazy shit. And now we're removing everything. And NYC fuckhead baby Huey, Bill de Blasio, said that we're going to look at everything. And I don't even understand why there would be anything in New York named after a Confederate. That's, <clears throat> excuse me, guys. That's something I'm confused with. Because, like, fucking, why, New York was the union, and like, I don't know, it does, none of this makes any sense anymore, but it's getting crazy, then we have the left-wing Antifa, it seems like the media doesn't want to talk about him, I don't want to go the fuckhead Trump route, but that's out there too, and I, I would say, that what happened last weekend looks awful for the right, it looks much worse, and it's bad. And what he did to me, I, I, the thing is, this idiot lost moderates. Like, cause I'm moderate. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I was indifferent. Like, I like President Obama more than Trump just generally. I ideologically don't agree with a lot of shit Obama stood for. But at the same time, I like him more. And I think if you could get him just chilling and loose one time and like drinking a little, maybe having a drink with him, he'd be cool. This motherfucker doesn't drink. So I honestly, I can't relate to him. I'm sorry. Not that I can't relate. I have tons of friends who don't drink. I have tons of friends who are totally sober, but they're not ego, maniacal, lunatic, psychopaths like this guy who uh, has allegiance to like if again. I don't, like, Bill Burr said this the other day, that if he was doing comedy that was bringing in a lot of fucking, like, uh, alt-right people or white supremacy or something, he'd be like, why am I, what am I saying that's bringing this in? If I had music that was doing that and, like, whatever, I, I would reassess what I'm doing. Like, like it's so fucked up. And it's crazy. It's just going to keep going, too, because I think those assholes have a uh, rally. And that's not to say that the left doesn't have these violent psycho motherfuckers. We could go to fucking uh, the Dallas shit or the fucking whatever, the Scalise shit where they shot this guy. But, you know, again, it, it wasn't this. This And those guys are driven by hate, and I don't understand that shit. But I do want to bring up one thing before I move on. Again, guys, I said this is going to be a longer one. I'm sorry. Fucking... I think it's weird because the other day a study came out. It was a poll. I can't remember which, but it said there's 200,000 members of the KKK in the United States, which is kind of insane to me that there's that many. I was thinking like 2,000. That's like so much more. But whatever it is, regardless, I think these assholes, these fucking pussy-ass scumbag, racist, cock-sucking, anti-Semitic fuckheads, they 
existed always, but for the past few years, after like American History X was such a big movie and like uh, Gangland, I watched all those motherfuckers, Peni and uh, whatever, Volks Front and all those motherfuckers, uh, A B A B T, all that shit, fucking, it was out there. But it seemed like nobody was talking about this, and honestly. I think that this whole like meme culture of the alt right or whatever like that has driven this crazy because they could they were able to do their shit anonymously and like post some weird shit. But now because I think they've built more than it was, it's not as big as the fucking left wing media or whatever wants to make it out to be. But it's bad. It's way worse. I was naive to this and that vice shit. Seriously, watch it. Uh, again, I could go on and on and on and on and on about this shit, but I, I got to move on because I want to move on to something more interesting at the moment, like the fucking Subway series, which to me is not interesting because the Mets are losing like fucking there's no tomorrow. And, and it's funny because the Yankees, they won that game on Friday when we were in Boston, and then they lost all the rest of the Red Sox. And then I was like, oh, they're going to the Mets next. I don't even remember if they played a series in between, but I knew they were coming for the Subway Series. Like, oh, they're going to beat them. They're going to beat them every fucking time as they have. And I seen the first night, I don't even remember what day it was. If it's Thursday and this is the fourth game, I guess it was Tuesday? Monday? I don't fucking know. Anyway, fucking, uh, I saw Cespedes hit a home run, and then Granderson hit a home run, and then this motherfucker Aaron Judge got out there and hit a home run, and they ended up losing, they ended up losing, they ended up losing. I don't think they're going to win tonight. Uh, I mean, now we got to see, who's going to be on the team next year? Harvey, DeGrom, obviously. Mats is pitching tonight, so uh, I don't even, I should have kept looking, it had the score up. But Mats is pitching tonight, or the score, alright, we're still at 640, oh, so we're good. I got a minute here. So, fucking Matzis pitching tonight. We'll see what he does. I don't even know. Like, uh, keep Cespedes. Syndergaard, DeGrom, Harvey, Matz. I'd keep him still to see if there's anything. Um, Conforto. Um, maybe get Bruce back later. I don't know. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen with them? They're going to lose. They already lost the series. There's just one more game. There's also this shit about the Knicks trading uh, Porzingis for Kyrie Irving, and I I can't get with that. I think that's fucking out of control. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather keep Porzingis because we. I mean, they'd be like, "Oh, well, Kyrie's won a championship." You don't know what uh, Porzingis is. Exactly. I know what Kyrie is right now, and he could get better. He's 25 years old, but we'll see. I'd rather stick with Porzingis for the time being. Also, this Saturday, in one of these uh, ESPN things that we saw first from Pacquiao, these uh, top-ranked shits, Bob Arum shits, uh, with a horn where Pacquiao lost in Australia. Then we had the motherfucker Lomachenko versus uh, that Colombian cat, Miarga, Miaraga. I can't fucking pronounce it. Miarga, Miaraga, whatever the fuck his shit was. And Lomachenko was doing the bull dance again. Lomachenko is probably the pound-for-pound best fighter right now. There's cats that I like more because I'm more into the uh, heavyweight division, which is, I mean, we could debate that all day. But... Uh, Terrence Crawford versus Julius Ndongo. And that's for belts. I, I want to say it's for a unification, Ultimate Better's Guide. Uh, I'm looking online here. I want to say if Crawford wins this, which I think he will, he's a better fighter than Ndongo. Fuck it, it's at 140 pounds. Crawford's uh, talked about going to 147. I don't know. I think he's going to beat Ndongo and he's going to have all these belts. I want to say it's a total unification. 
Um, also on the, the undercard is insane. I tweeted that actually tweeted. I sound like such a fucking millennial pussy, but Hey, fuck it. If the shoe fits, wear it. So also my boy, uh, Alexander Guzvadik, Guzvadik, bronze medalist from Ukraine. These motherfuckers from Ukraine. I love these guys. You got Lomachenko. You got Usyk in the cruiserweight. You got Guzvadik. Uh, these dudes are crazy. Oh, of course the Klitschko brothers. Let's not forget. Fucking these dudes are ill. But regardless, this is a light heavyweight. He's in that thing with where Andre Ward still is. We'll see what happens. Uh, Kovalev, um, well, what's his name? Sullivan Barrera, Joe Smith Jr. They both fought recently. Uh, well, what's his name? The Adonis Stevenson, uh, Fanfara, that other Colombian that uh, lives in Montreal. I can't remember his name right now. But regardless, that shit's going to be wild. It's actually not. It's versus guy Craig Baker from the U.S. This is a showcase for Gazvatic. Hopefully, we see what would be cool, my boy, from Russia. Dmitry Bevel versus Alexander Gusvatic. That's what I'm looking forward to. Okay, also we got... This is another weird one. Nicholas Walters, the cat that Lomachenko beat last time. Not last time, a few fights ago for Lomachenko, but I don't know if this cat fought again. The Axeman from Jamaica. Uh, he's... I don't know. He's not fighting uh, three hours ago. Yeah, I guess he pulled out. I don't know. I don't know. He pulled out prematurely as, you know... <coughs> I'm very familiar with. We also got that fucking skunt, Dillian White. He's fighting Malcolm Tan uh, this, uh, on this undercard. This is going to be early. It's going to be on the fucking whatever. It's fa- uh, ESPN3, just the online shit. I want to watch this because he's been calling out Deontay. So if he wins this, which I, we expect him to, he's a, good, he's a decent fighter, heavyweight. He's going to call out Deontay, and then that'll probably be a fight. That's worth watching. So uh, Dillian White versus Malcolm Ten. Brian Jennings, another heavyweight who lost to Klitschko, and I believe he lost to King Kong, um, Luis Ortiz. That'll be on that motherfucker as well. It's an amazing undercard. That shit, well, now this guy, I almost said pussy, but I don't want to disrespect anybody. That guy, Nicholas Walters, the axe man, he is a fighter. There's a few other big cats that I'm not as familiar with I've seen here and there. But uh, it's, a, it's a great fucking card. It's, it's really good. Which also, uh, next weekend, the following weekend, is the fucking mega fight circus spectacular fucking flying trapezius blasting you through a cannon. Uh, McGregor versus Mayweather. Mayweather versus McGregor is how you should say it. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be stupid. Uh, again, we're going to have a party at my parents' house. Anybody who wants to watch it, we'll be wilding. So before I really lose it here, because we're running crazy... Uh, the album I checked out this week to share with y'all was the uh, Fugazi Steady Diet of Nothing, which technically is their second studio album because Repeater would be counted as their first studio album. They had 13 songs before that, as I know it, which was just seven inches compiled. I always say 13 songs is my favorite because that was really like, uh, it sounded still like Minor Threat again. Ian MacKay, frontman and guitar player of Fugazi, was also fucking, um, you know, the frontman of Minor Threat and Teen Idols before that. Best friend of Henry Rollins. Sorry, I had to chug the rest of that PBR. This is probably my favorite Fugazi album, though, at the end of the day. It was the first time they got a little more experimental. It was the first time they didn't have a producer in studio. And uh, just some information on Ian. Discord Records is putting out all the Minor Threat and the fucking Fugazi and a bunch of other bands forever. 
And uh, he's definitely someone I look up strongly to when it comes to anything creative because they people offered him deals. People offered these guys record deals, and they didn't fucking do it. And I, they just kept doing their thing. And I remember back in the day, one of the first, the reason I found out about it, I already knew Minor Threat, but I was so young. I wasn't talking about when I was like 10 years old. I would see in like fucking something like a hit parader magazine or something like that. I would see <clears throat> those old advertisements for band shirts and fucking I would see like Fugazi. They didn't have videos or music videos, which a kid that young, that's how you would find a lot of this shit. And like, that's how I found it. Like I saw Fugazi and I wasn't even as into them. I always like minor threat more, but nowadays I will always say, I think Fugazi, I don't. I like Minor Threat's music more, but Fugazi has so many more in-depth albums. This one is my favorite. Long Division is my favorite song on this album, and fucking like that was the first time they really went outside the box. And it, they say it's a pop rift, but uh, Reclamation. Some people say this is the most uh, political album that these cats came out with. Maybe that's why I like it so much. I don't know. It's it's really fantastic, and I do think that. Uh, Almost everything that's come out since this band and Ian in general is somewhat influenced and rock and roll or whatever punk punk's influence rock so heavily since it came out. But this cat's catalog, the Minor Threat shit, Teen Idols, uh, Fugazi. There's other bands too that I don't want to get into because it's getting over crazy right now. Please, if you like rock music, Steady Diet of Nothing Fugazi is an absolute brilliant masterpiece. Lastly, I finished the eighth book that I've read this year, the eighth novel, which was Elmore Leonard's Freaky Deaky. I've always heard of this novel, and it's uh, very popular. It's really good. There's actually a film adaptation, which came out in 2012. Again, it says crime comedy film. Uh, First of all, what it's about is like... uh, It was written in 1987, so basically it takes place in 1987. And there's two uh, ex-radicals that have done a little time, dude and a chick. One of them was a bomb expert, and he's setting up bombs now. More uh, crime-driven to get money rather than radical, like trying to make a point. And it just it's funny because this book is 30 years old. It's uh, 2017. This book uh, was published in 1987. And it's kind of funny. Um, They just... uh, you know, we're not that far off from what was going on in this book and what people were talking about. Not in the 87, but they referenced back in the day a lot, like the late 60s and the 70s. Uh, interestingly enough, they bring up Biggie Pop twice. They bring up the Stooges once, and they bring up Biggie solo shit performing at St. Andrew's Hall in Detroit. Uh, but again, Elmore Leonard is in my top three of favorite writers of all time. I think this is maybe my sixth or seventh book I've read from him. I actually discussed uh, last time, not last time, but a while ago on this podcast about Elmore's book. Uh, it was Saber River. It was a Western. First time I read one of his Westerns. This is a, this was a really interesting one. It was definitely crime, neo-noir, but it had some interesting characters. There's also the uh, protagonist is this cat that used to work in the bomb squad, but of course gets suspended. It's the usual somewhat hard-boiled, but quirky and funny. His shit's always hard-boiled, but it's got these funny parts. The limo driver used to be a Black Panther. Fucking um, uh, Donnell. Uh, it's got a lot of it. And then there's a chick that, uh, Greta. You know, I, I don't want to give away too much if you guys would choose to read it. 
if I tell you the casting to it'll give it'll if you end up reading it, in my opinion, it'll fuck it up for you because you'll be like, Oh, I, I I'd rather just I prefer to do it like that. If I'm gonna read a book, I don't wanna watch the movie, I don't wanna see who was casting it, I wanna know nothing about it because I'd rather read it and have my own imagination. And then when I go watch the movie, it's like, alright, that's what's up. Regardless on that note, I'm gonna sign off. Love y'all. You know what I'm saying? It's always good building with y'all every Thursday. Peace.